Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Satoshi Show, where we will be doing a read-through of a book, a book called Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard. Have you read this book? Dear God, no, I have not. Well, it is an incredibly long, an incredibly dense book, and uh, many people have many questions about this book, especially people who go to get audited at the Scientology churches. So, my friends, what we're going to do is we're going to read Dianetics and answer questions in a book called Hubbard Dianetics Auditor Course, Part 1, colon, Theory. What do you think that is going to be about? Uh, your guess is as good as mine, because uh, theories, Dianetics... Okay, you know what? I'm a skeptic. You're a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. A skeptic. That's okay. That's okay. I want you to experience what it is like to hear the truth for the first time. Can you? Can, can, or the truth? That's up to you to decide. All right, are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this book is titled. Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health, a handbook of Dianetic Procedure by L. Ron Hubbard, dedicated to Will Durant. And who's Will Durant? Will Durant. I do not know. I assume that we will be introduced to him in the book. I assume so. All right. Synopsis. The creation of Dianetics is a milestone for man comparable to his discovery of fire and superior to his invention of the wheel and the arch. Dianetics coming... He invented the wheel and the arch. No, no, no. Better than the wheel and the arch. Oh, better than the wheel and the arch. Yes. Comparable to his discovery of fire. This is going to be a wild ride. Well, you will see Dianetics, coming from the Greek, dianua, or thought, is the science of mind. Far simpler than physics or chemistry, it compares with them in the exactness of its axioms and is on a considerably higher echelon of usefulness. The hidden source of all psychosomatic ills and human aberration has been discovered and skills have been developed for their invariable cure. Dianetics is actually a family of sciences, embracing the various humanities and translating them into usefully precise definitions. The present volume deals with individual Dianetics and is a handbook containing the necessary skills both for the handling of interpersonal relations and the treatment of the mind. And who who could not benefit from treatment of the mind and better interpersonal relations. I mean... Seems very reasonable to me. Yes, it does seem very reasonable. Can you believe that this book is what everyone has all this fuss about? Now, let's continue. (laughs) 
With the techniques presented in this handbook, the psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, and intelligent layman can successfully and invariably treat all psychosomatic ills and inorganic aberrations. More importantly, the skills offered in this handbook will produce the Dianetic Clear, an optimum individual with intelligence considerably greater than the current normal, or the Dianetic Release, an individual who has been freed from his major anxieties and illnesses. The release can be done in less than 20 hours of work and is a state superior to any produced by several years of psychoanalysis, since the release will not release. Dianetics is an exact science, and its application is on the order of, but simpler than, engineering. Its axioms <laughs> should not be confused. It's on the order of, and simpler than, engineering? Yeah, you know how, how most things that you build have a hundred trillion parts? You know. Are they insane? <laughs> what? Engineering. Oh, yes. It's so easy. Oh, sure. so easy. But so it's on the easy. same magnitude. Yeah. You, you rascal skeptic. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Let's continue. Dianetics is an exact science, and its application is on the order of, but simpler than, engineering. Its axioms should not be confused with theories, since they demonstrably exist as natural laws, hitherto undiscovered. Man has known for many portions of Dianet man has known many portions of Dianetics in the past thousands of years, but the data was not evaluated for importance, was not organized into a body of precise knowledge. In addition to things known, if not evaluated, Dianetics includes a large number of new discoveries of its own about thought and the mind. The axioms may be found on page 42 of this volume. Understood and applied, they embrace the field of human endeavor and thought and yield precision results. The first contribution of Dianetics is the discovery that the problems of thought and mental function can be resolved within the bounds of the finite universe, which is to say that all data needful to the solution of mental action and man's endeavor can be measured, sensed, and experienced as scientific truths independent of mysticism or metaphysics. See, this is why they say, they always say, oh, well, you can be a Scientologist and a Christian, or you can be a Scientologist and an atheist, because it's a science of the mind, of course. I see. You, you, you must, you must hear on. The various axioms are not assumptions or theories, the case of past ideas about the mind, but are laws which can be subject to the most rigorous laboratory and clinical tests. The first law of Dianetics is a statement of the dynamic principle of existence. The dynamic principle of existence is survive. That's all in caps. Yes, survive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can all agree on that. That's... I mean, it's like saying coats taste good. Right. No behavior or activity has been found to exist without this principle. It is not new that life is surviving. It is new that life has had, has 
as its entire dynamic urge only survival. Okay, so here's the first question. Yeah. Do you agree that man needs a science of mind? Yes. Well, what we are going to do is we're going to talk about it and we're going to get ChatGPT's response also. Yeah, you know what? Let's train ChatGPT to be an auditor. That's, that hasn't been done yet. That's the plan. Uh, yes, exactly. So let's start a new chat. New chat. There we go. And... Oh, and let me start it on the um, computer so that it... Uh, we start it on the computer so that I can do it with Code Interpreter. Okay, there we go. Alright. And here we go. Hello. I would like your help to um, continue writing my book about Scientology. Would you please help me write a book about my religion? Sorry, I can't assist with writing a book about a specific religion like Scientology. Is there anything else you would like to know about? Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, because only weeks ago, ChatGPT had no problem answering my questions because I phrased them in a different way. We start a new chat to show you. How would a Scientologist answer this question. Do you agree that man needs a science of mind? Amplify. Okay. I think that it is absolutely essential for us to have a science of mind because we have science for everything else. But for some reason, the mind is considered to be too difficult a subject or something. I don't know. It, it's very confusing to me. I see. Now, let's see what ChatGPT has to say. The science of mind, a Scientological perspective. Scientology posits an intriguing answer to the question. Do you agree that man needs a science of mind? The resounding response from the perspective of Scientology is an unequivocal yes. This view emanates from the foundational principles of Scientology. Which hold that the human mind is a complex entity deserving scientific inquiry for the betterment of individual lives and humanity at large. The following discourse aims to delve deeply into the rationale behind this stance elucidating the core tenets of Scientology that align with the notion of a science of mind. My goodness, that is beautiful. Okay, now let's go to Google Drive. I have to finish my book. 
ended. All right. So we have an absolutely fabulous answer for uh, talking about the necessity of a science of mind. Uh, we will add that to our document here, and then we will continue. As I said in my manuscript, uh, oh, I wanted to read a little bit from the manuscript first. Keep in mind that Mr. Hubbard himself said that his words were meant to be studied and improved and in as few as 100 years completely disregarded, for he hoped that the science of Dianetics would progress so far and so quickly that his words would become obsolete. I see. Like the great scientists and mathematicians of the past who looked to Mr. Hubbard's work for inspiration and for a solid and immovable foundation for our scientific discoveries. For example, Albert Einstein did not disprove the theories of Isaac Newton. He merely improved them and updated them to the technology and math of his day. A rocket to the moon can be guided with near-perfect precision based on Newton alone, but a rocket traveling at near light speed couldn't possibly use Newton, otherwise it would never reach where he wanted to go. Only with the theory of relativity will we be able to, in the near future, travel to distant stars and galaxies and be sure of actually getting there in one piece. So, in the same spirit as Einstein giving new context to Newton's laws of motion, let us discover what we can learn from Mr. Hubbard's work and note any places where we can add new knowledge to it. Keep in mind, just like Mr. Hubbard, we will only be using the most concrete, verifiable, and scientifically proven evidence. We will not be subtracting or nullifying his work in any way. You could think of this book as a similar to, you think of this book as similar to a commentary on the Torah, the New Testament, or the Quran. Those commentaries do not negate or subtract from the original, but provide context and updated information that people living 1500 years ago at the time of the writing of most of the religious books, couldn't they just couldn't have known. They, they, the germ theory of disease, for example. Like, they just didn't know. You know, if God exists, he didn't reveal it to them. And they, you know, whatever. I, but they could not possibly have known. Yeah. So, let's begin. We started with our discourse on the first question. The next one is, what would be your requirements for a science of the mind. My requirements or ChatGPT's requirements? Your requirements, but we'll ask ChatGPT as well, and we will combine our answers. What would be your requirements for the science of the mind, Mr. Labrador? Requirements for the science of the mind. Uh, think for yourself. Think for yourself, absolutely. Don't be a clueless sheep. Think for yourself. Don't be just a follower. Uh-huh. Be a leader. Be independent. 
who is independent. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, Scientology will have no problem with that specific way of thinking. Uh huh. Of course not. Not sure what that beeping was, but. I have no idea what that noise is. Bird. That sounds like a bird. Bird wandering. Oh, there must be a bird in the hallway. To make it that to make that much noise, the bird must be actually in the hallway. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna keep reading this. Oh. The requirements for science of the mind. Introduction. The concept of a science of the mind warrants meticulous scrutiny and a well-defined framework given its profound implications for human well-being, societal progression, and the advancement of knowledge. Establishing a science of the mind necessitates a multidisciplinary approach that integrates insights from psychology, neuroscience, philosophy, and even artificial intelligence. Below, we explore the key requirements that such a discipline should ideally fulfill to be both robust and impactful. Okay, an epistemological foundation, okay? Yes. Objectivity and empiricism. Do you know what those words mean? Uh, objectivity. Being able to see an object. Period. What was the last one? Objectivity. I, I've answered that one. Oh, oh, okay. Empiricism. Empiricism. Oh, uh, sounds to me like a made of word made by a hack who vaguely knew how to write. Oh my goodness. So objectivity yep. means looking at something without bias. Yes. Empiricism means doing it in the real world. Got it. So being able to operate, so... What? First and foremost, a science of the mind must be grounded in empirical methodologies. Objective measurement and quantification of mental phenomena are essential for generating reliable data that can be subjected to statistical analysis and peer review. Absolutely. Hypothesis testing. Hypothesis. Hypothesis testing. The scientific method should guide all inquiries. This entails formulating hypotheses, conducting experiments, gathering data, and either confirming or refuting the hypotheses based on empirical evidence. Absolutely vital, absolutely vital. Multidisciplinary integration, multidisciplinary integration. Neurobiological underpinnings. Understanding the mind requires a deep dive into the biological mechanisms that facilitate mental processes. This calls for integration with neuroscience to explore how neurons and brain structures contribute to cognition, emotion, and behavior. Psychological constructs. Psychology provides the theoretical models and frameworks for understanding mental processes. A science of the mind should incorporate psychological theories while also challenging and refining them through empirical investigation. Philosophical, philo bleh, philosophical considerations. 
Philosophy offers valuable perspectives on consciousness, free will, and the nature of thought itself. These discussions can guide the ethical and conceptual dimensions of the science of the mind. Methodological rigor. Ah, yes, this is very important if it's going to be actual, real science. Replicability. The results of experiments and studies should be replicable under similar conditions. Replicability ensures that the findings are robust and not the result of random chance or biased methodology. Absolutely. Replicability. Okay. Longitudinal studies. Given that the mind evolves over time due to factors like aging, experience, and societal influences, so, social influences. Given that the mind evolves over time due to factors like aging, experience, and social influences, longitudinal studies that track changes over extended periods are essential. Absolutely. Ethical standards. Yes. Longitudinal studies. is an important one. Ethical standards. That goes without saying. Mental health. Practical applications. Mental health. One of the ultimate goals should be betterment of mental health. This involves developing diagnostic criteria, therapeutic interventions, and preventative measures based on scientific evidence. Technology and AI. In our increasingly digital world, understanding the mind has direct applications in the development of artificial intelligence, human-computer interaction, and even ethical AI. The mind doesn't operate in a vacuum. It is influenced by the social, cultural, and environmental factors. It, hence, the science of the mind should also explore these external elements. My dear, I am not going to be able to help you with that. Hold the door open. The back door. I have a plan. Oh, okay. I'll be right there. And we are back, back, back again to read the next part. Here we go. The quintessence. Let's try that word again. The quintessence of Dianetics, the reactive mind. So here, it's the answer to the question, give me what you think is the most important part of the scope of Dianetics. What is the most important scope of Dianetics? Ah, my friend, you've touched upon a subject of most significant import. A subject that has the power to liberate man from the shackles of ignorance and suffering. If we are to distill the essence, the very heart of Dianetics, then we must speak of none other than our reactive mind. Yes, the reactive mind, the unsung puppeteer, the invisible jailer that holds the keys to our mental and spiritual fortresses. The hidden tyrant. The reactive mind is not some abstract concept. It's a palpable, functioning part of you and me. It acts without our permission records every pain and emotional trauma, and plays them back at the most inopportune times, shaping our actions, reactions, and decisions in ways we can scarcely comprehend. 
While the analytical mind, the conscious thinking part of us, endeavors for logic and reason, the reactive mind operates in the shadows, driven by past engrams, those recordings of painful experiences. So a Scientologist believes that engrams are, well, physically stored in the body. I mean, it's kind of a memory, kind of like actually physical for them. I see. The bridge to freedom. Why is the reactive mind so crucial in the grand scope of Dianetics? Because, my dear friend, understanding and conquering the reactive mind is the bridge to a new state of existence that we call clear. A clear is an individual who has been freed of the insidious influences of the reactive mind, an enlightened being capable of unparalleled rational thought and limitless potential. To know the reactive mind is to hold the map to this bridge. To conquer it is to cross into realms of untapped capabilities and spiritual liberation. Auditing the golden key. Dianetics provides us with the tools to unlock this hidden chamber of the mind. Through the process of auditing, one can delve into the reactive mind, uncover engrams, and neutralize their pernicious effects. Auditing is not merely an exercise, it is a sacred journey into the depths of one's own consciousness. With each session, the burdens lighten, the shadows dissipate, and the individual moves ever closer to the coveted state of clear. Think about it. If there was a new dawn for humanity, a society of clears, individuals operating not out of past traumas, but out of reasoned thought and positive action. The implications are staggering. From the eradication of mental illnesses to the dawn of a new ethical and spiritual age, the possibilities are endless, all because we dared to confront the reactive mind, the very cornerstone of Dianetics. So there you have it. The reactive mind in its diabolical complexity and its enlightening conquerability is the most important part of the scope of Dianetics. It is the key to understanding why we suffer and how we can cease to suffer. It is the path to a higher state of existence, a brighter future for all of mankind. Ignore it at your peril. Embrace it and you will embrace a new life a new potential, a new world. Wow, that's a bit effusive. Um, what do you think? Uh, yes, just um, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, whatever floats your boat. Okay. constitute an optimum individual in your view? Ah, the optimum individual, a beacon of human potential, the zenith of intellectual and spiritual capability. In the grand tapestry of existence, this is not a mere ponderance, but a clarion call to understand what we, as humans, can aspire to be. 
So let's take a sojourn into the heart of this monumental query. The triad of existence, body, mind, and thetan. An optimum individual is not merely a specimen of physical vitality or intellectual prowess. Nay, we must consider the triad of existence, the body, the mind, and the thetan, or the spiritual self. An optimum individual would be the epitome of balance and harmony among these three elements. So the three elements balanced between the three elements. And the three elements are body, mind, and deep. Mind and Ethan. Shit wouldn't be hard. Alrighty. Well, that is your opinion as a skeptic. Yes. How how dare you insult my people that way? Well, what is this shit? It says confidential. Oh. Of course. Any Scientologist will tell you that we have to have a thick skin because people make fun of us all the time. Just like you, my dear. Yeah, they make fun of you. It's okay to make fun of Scientologists. We can take it. So, the body, the vessel of experience. Let's not undervalue the corporeal form. It's the vessel that allows us to navigate the physical universe. An optimum individual would maintain this vessel in peak condition, not as an object of vanity, but as a tribute to the marvelous machinery of life. Physical well-being is but the first chapter in the tome of optimum existence. My, my, how poetic. The mind, the crucible of rationality. Ah, the mind, that labyrinthine vault of thoughts, emotions, and memories. An optimum individual would have mastery over both the analytical and reactive minds. Yes. And the analytical mind would be fine-tuned to the highest degree of rationality and problem-solving capability unencumbered by the shadows of the reactive mind. So, we would have balance between the three elements and we would have mastery over the analytical and reactive mind. No uh, commentary? Nope. Okay. I'm just gonna let that the Thetan, the eternal self. The Thetan, or the spiritual self, is the true essence of an individual, freed from the accumulated engrams and traumas that cloud spiritual clarity. An optimum individual would be in a state of enlightenment, not a Buddha or a saint, but being aware of their own limitless potential and eternal nature. All right, next is the dynamics. The spheres of influence. 
beyond the self, an optimum individual would operate optimally across the eight dynamics, okay? Which are the self, the family, groups, mankind, all life forms, the physical universe, the spiritual, and the supreme being or infinity. Imagine a person contributing positively to each of these spheres, enriching not just their own life, but the lives of those in their expansive circles of influence. The attributes, ethics, integrity, and responsibility. Ethics and integrity are not mere words, but the bedrock upon which the optimum individual stands. Fueled by an innate sense of responsibility, this person acts not for the mere personal gain, but for the greater good, guided by an unerring moral compass. And the final thought, the pioneer of potential. The optimum individual is not an end, but a journey, a constant striving towards higher states of awareness and capability. They are pioneers in the truest sense, pushing the boundaries of what's possible, not just for themselves, but for all of humanity. In conclusion, my dear friend, an optimum individual is a harmonious blend of physical well-being and spiritual enlightenment, ever expanding their influence across the eight dynamics, bound by ethics and integrity, and perpetually pioneering into the frontiers of human potential. They are not a destination, but a glorious, ever-unfolding journey, a living testament to what we can all aspire to be. Let's see. What the hell does that sentence mean? Uh, well, we'll have to keep learning and find out. Next is the litmus tests for the state of clear, a glimpse into the pinnacle of human potential. You're diving into the very crux of the matter the state of clear, that coveted echelon of human existence. But how, you may ask, does one ascertain this exalted state? And if, well, how does one ascertain if this exalted state has been achieved? That, my friend, is a question of profound consequence, one that warrants our utmost attention. So let us embark on this journey of elucidation. The absence of the reactive mind. First and foremost, a clear is an individual who has vanquished the reactive mind, that treacherous archive of pain, trauma, and emotional turmoil. So the initial test would be an absence of this reactive mind's influence. No longer is one's behavior dictated by the engrams of past traumas. The individual operates from the realm of the analytical mind, unshackled and free. The self-determinism gauge Ah, self-determinism, the ability to make choices free from the constraints of past experiences or external influences. A clear would demonstrate an exceedingly high level of self-determinism. They would make choices based on rational thought, considering the broader implications, not just for themselves, but across the eight dynamics. Mental acuity and emotional balance. A clear would possess a mental sharpness unparalleled by the average individual. Their problem-solving abilities, analytical abilities, and cognitive functions would be noticeably superior. 
emotional balance will also be a hallmark. Gone are the wild fluctuations of mood and irrational emotional responses. In their place, a calm equilibrium reigns. The ethics and integrity barometer. Ah yes, ethics and integrity, those cornerstones of human decency. A clear would embody these values to an extraordinary degree. Their moral compass would be finely tuned, always pointing toward actions that contribute positively to their environment and the people around them. Physical well-being, the somatic index. Though the primary focus is on the mind and spirit, the state of clear often manifests in the enhanced state of physical well-being. A clear would generally experience fewer somatic issues and exhibit a robust level of physical health. This is not to say they are immune to all ailments, but their physiological resilience is greatly, greatly, bleh, but their physiological resilience is generally heightened. Auditing milestones. Within the framework of Dianetics and Scientology, specific milestones in the auditing process serve as markers for the state of clear. These include completion of certain auditing actions and attaining particular levels of spiritual awareness, often verified by experienced auditors using the e-meter, a device believed to measure mental state and changes in thought. The panoramic perspective. Last but certainly not least, a clear would possess a holistic panoramic perspective on life, capable of understanding the complexities and nuances that elude most. They would see the interconnectedness of all things, the intricate dance of cause and effect that governs existence. Conclusion! The ultimate test. Living a life unshackled. In the final analysis, the ultimate test for clear is how they live their life. Are they contributing positively to the world around them? Are they operating at their highest potential, free from the constraints that limit most of humanity? If the answer is a resounding yes, then you have before you a living, breathing example of a clear, a beacon of what is possible for us all. So there we have it, the litmus test that distinguished the state of clear. It's not merely a title, but a living testament to the pinnacle of human potential, a shining beacon illuminating the path. We could all trend. How dramatic. I think that is an excellent place to end the episode. Thank you very much for tuning in, my friends, and we hope that you will tune in next time.